0: The organizations where I've had great success, we have met every single morning. We talk about where are we in relation to the big picture? What is it we have to do to execute today that moves us towards that goal? And then measuring yourself against where you went yesterday.
1: Real quick note, my family and I just got back from an incredible cruise with UnCruise. Now we'd experienced cruising was like on a big ship with thousands of people and frankly it just wasn't for us but this one was completely different. It was a small boat of less than 100. We had an amazing time where we saw whales and other wildlife, inspiring nature, hiking, kayaking, and bushwhacking which is hiking without the trails and we received incredibly personalized service, guides who get you off the beaten path in gorgeous sunsets. Everything was so easy and with no lines. They provided incredible meals, including sustainable seafood, not to mention a list of impressive cocktails. My wife, daughter, and I loved it. When we returned, I asked Uncruise to become a show sponsor and I was excited when they agreed. Right now, they're offering special deals on cruises in Baja, Mexico, and Alaska that includes the incredible luxury, service, and adventure that we experience. To learn more, go to benleeds.com slash cruise Hey there, Lead the Team Nation. Welcome back to another great episode. Today, I have for you Brian Finn, who is the COO of Circle of Care. They are one of the largest pediatric therapy providers in the state of Texas. He is a seasoned senior healthcare executive with a proven track record in leading organizational transformation and implementing cutting-edge technologies in the healthcare sector. Previously, he was an operating executive at Two Sigma, the financial sciences company that combines advanced technology and data science with rigorous human inquiry to solve the toughest challenges in finance. Brian, welcome to Lead the Team, sir. Hey, good morning, Ben. Happy to be here. Yes, sir. So let's roll into this. What inspired your leadership perspective?
0: So my leadership journey actually started way back when I was in the the military uh, in my, my, my Air Force tenure. I didn't realize that um, we had habitualized execution on a daily basis, and it wasn't until many years after I'd led several teams that I started looking back in my time in the, in the military and realized mm-hmm. that those rules actually apply every single day in an operational sense mm-hmm. at every company, no matter what it is. Most companies are designed and built around long-term objectives and annual goals and Mm-hmm. Monthly execution space, uh, but they really live and die every day in daily execution and daily operations mm-hmm. rigor. Um, and those traits and habits—if you look at really successful companies that that execute fantastically—they do it every day. And there's a few things they do every day that just habitualize that continuous improvement. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, one one poignant story for me was in a prior role, I worked for insurance companies for 20 years and we had the Affordable Care Act um, and we had mm-hmm. to get our company onboarded, get all the patients ready to enroll. We had to get mm-hmm. all the work for the insurance company, to for this company I worked for, ready to go. And there was a lot of pressure. You didn't want to be the only company not ready to handle the Affordable Care Act, right? And we s- implemented these steps and that was kind of the turning point for me to try this 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 flawless execution methodology that i'd seen in the military and not only did it work fantastic then it's still in play mm. Uh, mm. we still do the same things at that company that was over 5 years ago 6 years ago obviously and they're still in play and mm. every Organization that I've worked at since has implemented those, and and it's it's I think that the legacy of a leader is when you leave, how much of what you left behind sticks with you, and in those organizations they're still doing the very same things.
1: No kidding. All right. Well, that that is intriguing. So you said it was inspired by your time at the Air Force, and you modified it or you used it, leveraged it in the commercial sector. What's at the heart of it?
0: So at, at the end of the day, and there's a few companies out there that that specialize in in training this, but at the end of the day, uh, you have to understand and know what your end goal is or end objective uh, is, right? And then once you've stated that, it's really important as a leader that you apply your intent. So your goal may be to become the number one Uh, organization at what you do from a service perspective or a a volume perspective or whatever it is. That's usually a tangible goal, but you execute every day. And along the way, it's really important that you state your leader's intent. This is what I intend for us to do. We are going to get to this point and put it in as much detail as you possibly can. Hmm. When you walk in the door, January 1, 2025. This is what you want to see as an organization. Hmm. And making sure everybody understands and your uh, values, everything that you do has to be aligned with that leader's intent that supports that high definition or that 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 destination you're trying to get to. Uh and then it becomes fairly simple. It's it's a matter of planning and there are steps that you can go through to get to there. It's a matter of briefing Um, And briefing every single day. Um, So the organizations where I've had great success, we have met every single morning. And every morning we talk about where are we in relation to the big picture? What's our daily scenario? What is it we have to do to execute today that moves us towards that goal? And then measuring yourself against where you went yesterday. And then you do that every day. Once a week, you sit back and it, it doesn't take a long time. It's a 10, 15, 20 minute conversation, but then 20 minutes or, or that at the end of the week, you look back and say, okay, did we actually make a difference? What were the threats? What were the things that got on our way? How do we course correct? Uh, then you do it monthly, quarterly, every six months and yearly. And you just, if you make that daily execution a habit, mm-hmm. the interesting thing is the end goal actually tends to disappear to an extent. You, as the leader, have to keep the alignment of the team along the pathway of that that destination. Uh, but the team's actually executing every day. Yeah.
1: So a couple of questions on that. I I've, the intent piece, I, I can see that being absolutely huge because if you're not declaring intent of where you're headed, which is sort of like your goal, but maybe well, what's the difference between stating your intent versus the annual goal, or is it the same thing? So, so the goal is a number; it's a metric, and okay. it's
0: typically a a thing. Uh, the intent is uh, so. For example, we have set aside in our in my current organization that hey, we want to hit a certain number of visits every week. Uh, the strategy and the intent behind it hinges on a consistent execution of exceptional service every day at every interaction. Uh, with our key stakeholders and customers, mm-hmm. right? So the intent is a lot of how you get there, what your expectation is of everybody mm-hmm. in the organization that drives that to that goal. And it's also about what we're not going to do because most mm-hmm. organizations don't say we're going to stop doing something in order to attain it. It's usually we're going to do all the stuff we o- normally do and we're going to do this and hit this goal. And then you start yeah. to spread your your uh you, you get into a thing we call past saturation, where I'm trying to juggle way too many things. And if you can crystallize that through a solid leadership intent, uh yep. founded by daily execution and daily habits that you build within the organization, those things just fall away to the side you shed those tasks because they're not important for you to get to your objective or goal as an organization
1: first time hearing for me task saturation new term it it makes sense you're saturated with so many tasks that you don't really work on the ones that are driving you towards
0: and it happens in, in in larger organizations it happens in smaller organizations um all the time right it, you, you'll hear it in the industry also as cognitive load, right so even even mm-hmm. for for folks like customer service representatives, right the, the cognitive load on a frontline worker is really high and they're typically not a very highly paid resource in many organizations. So you have to take away those things and shed those things that that, that eliminate that focus mm-hmm. and if they're there, uh, and in our case, exceptional service is what we're striving for. Anything that's taking away from them delivering exceptional service, we need to shed that task and focus on the basics or give them the tools that allow them to do that.
1: Powerful. It just drives ultimate focus. And the best to that help someone focus is not to tell them to focus, but create an environment where they can't help but focus because there's that's correct stress. That's it. Other that's stuff. it.
0: And then you create the hat. So then it becomes habitual, right? So so if if you could do that in the rigor of this daily execution cycle, plan, mm-hmm. brief, execute, debrief, right? Some folks say you start your day with a with a briefing and you end it in the, with a debriefing and, and we don't necessarily do that or I haven't taught that. You can do that the next mm-hmm. day as part mm-hmm. of your briefing cycle, right? Hey, what were our results? Where do we go? But your leaders understand and embrace their role into it I think from a leader's perspective uh, the strength of a leader is really all about how do you galvanize an organization of people towards a common goal hmm. how do you get them to think not just not set aside their own personal growth because I think their growth comes with it but if you get them behind a cause, and understand where we're trying to go as an organization. That's really powerful. Then you get this cheerful willingness desire to to push and grow and sacrifice. And it happens every day. Uh, I I do believe this, you know, you see on LinkedIn and other platforms where people say they leave bad bosses, they, they leave bad cultures. I can't think mm-hmm. of a more positive culture than an entire organization aligned around a singular thing or a singular cause or a common cause that everybody in the organization feels they contribute towards.
1: Yeah, I like that. And uh, uh, for the leaders, consider using Brian's word galvanize. It's one thing to engage, it's one thing to motivate or inspire, but galvanize. It really drives energy towards a common goal right and it's coming from within maybe you're right. inspiring it as a leader but you're but you're getting this focused energy and galvanizing had a, in such a cool sort of oh it place, is i had a had a
0: ceo i had a ceo, had a CEO at, at one of my former companies and he had a, a you know phrases stick with me right so but he had this phrase and I don't know that he understood the power behind it when he said it, but continuous pressure over time is what really drives change. Hmm. It's not, you know, rapid, sudden pivot. You know, you need to do those at times in, in an, in an organization, right? You, you got to be nimble, but continuous pressure over time really does drive change. And the way to do that is to build a culture of daily, execution
1: makes a diamond (laughs) literally it's a continuous pressure time under tension develops muscle resilience develops you know drives change it's rarely a one and done uh, moment Mm -hmm. as a leader it is that daily execution are you looking to increase sales grow your brand and share your leadership message then check out our business podcast program Each week, more people listen to podcasts than have Netflix accounts and one-third of the U.S. population listens to podcasts regularly. So your customers and team are already listening to podcasts. It should be yours. Discover our five-step profitable podcast framework and what results you can expect for your company by setting up a 20-minute call with my team at benleads.com slash schedule. That's benleads.com slash schedule. Now, to kind of dive in in the weeds a little bit, since you're such a proponent of this and you've really honed your system, how long are these daily briefings? Because I can tell you, a lot of people hear daily meeting and they're like, like 15 15 minutes becomes a nightmare. Uh, Yeah, it's 10 to 15 minutes. 10 to 15 minutes. And you have a process? What's your process in that? It's
0: very simple. So you start off with a high, a high level objective. What are we trying? What are we trying to do? Yeah, it's the what's the intent behind the day? And it's usually not me. So I don't run these meetings. Um, I don't. I don't. So the most important thing that you can do in an organization every day is create situational awareness all across the organization of what's important that day and what folks are doing that day. So mm-hmm. if you think, especially in large companies, right? So if you think of a 10, 15, 20, 30,000 like employee company, there's a lot of departments. There's a lot of people focused on different things. Yep. And even in a smaller company, it's tough to make sure one division and another division really are, are, are keeping track because they're so focused on what they have to do. Uh, but what you need to be able to do to create that situational awareness, because all organizations, it's an ecosystem really, and they all have to work and, and support each other uh, through through mutual support. That daily briefing, it's 15 minutes. You come in, you say, Hey, here's what was important to us yesterday. Here's how we executed. Uh, the next, you know, today our focus is on this in a more frontline capacity. It could be I'm down, I'm down 27 resources because of COVID. I can't mm-hmm. execute this. No. Other folks in the organization can know that. And pivot to support each other in the organization.
1: So um, those fifteen minutes, so, you're able to communicate that people have a report in. Very quick. This is the. These are the threats. These are these are problems. Blah blah blah. Do you use those to like celebrate wins and things like that, or you kind of move that off to the side and save that for us something right. else? Well, you celebrate wins. Yes, you can do that. Right. So, and it, it's it,
0: since since you had so the way our organization and the way uh, my last um, organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Two Sigma, but my last um, home health company was, the leaders would have a very quick 15, 20-minute brief, and then they would go off and brief their teams. So you would do this before you start organizationally, and then each leader would talk to the other team. So in 30 minutes, you've gone two to three layers deep in an organization on what we need to do today uh, okay. as an operations component. So wins come up in that quite a bit. Uh, losses too, right? So challenges usually become to the forefront because people feel this obligation. One, you have to be mm-hmm. prepared and know what your team needs to do that day. So that puts a little bit of pressure on the leader of the department because you don't want to be the only person in the department. You're like, I have no idea what in. my team's doing today. Right. It's hard to be here. Hard to be here. So it changes your mindset a little bit. Um, you have to actually, it forces leaders to think about what it is they need to get done today. And then it gives them a community of support. Mm-hmm. Because, cre- you know, what oh, it, like it, it's every time I've implemented, I've done it five times now. And every time I've done it, they, they, there's an evolution to this process. You start off, it's really ugly for two or three weeks as leaders are trying to figure out what it is we want. It's not a hold your coffee and sing kumbaya. It's very action-oriented. And it takes a bit of pressure to to get folks at that state where they're coming in saying, hey, here's what I'm going to execute. Then the second phase, and that's, that's usually first couple weeks. The second phase is usually people really being self-directed as they've created this awareness of themselves, right? Uh, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And they, they create their ownership for the deliverables and the support that their organization gives. The third phase is where the magic happens. And that's when you start to see this team collaboration. Because the team can see if some one area is struggling. It could be because of attrition. It could be because of... Uh, market dynamics, it could be because, you know, COVID was a huge impactor to this, right? So it could be a, a whole bunch of environmental threats or, or threats that have impacted a particular department. But magically, because everybody understands the dependency they have with that organization, that's when the help starts. I can see, hey, I'll send you two of my people over to do this. Or if I stop doing this, and I shifted resources to you, and that becomes better when the team is doing that amongst themselves as mm-hmm. a collective goal, than you as the leader saying, "Hey, Susie, I need you to send four of your staff over to help Angela yeah. because she's down fifteen people." Now, Susie looks at that as, "I've got to help out." It it, it doesn't inspire a team based support mechanism, right? So that that concept's called mutual support. Yeah,
1: mutual support, and
0: the team. It just naturally starts to do this. Um, I had an opportunity this last week because I'm in a, an organization and I'm, I'm reintroducing to this this concept to to my my current team. And one of my former leaders called uh, as we were talking before the show. Uh, you know, t- Tennessee had tornadoes, right? So mm. when I'm in San Antonio, everybody calls me to see, "Hey, is your house okay?" When storms hit in in Nashville, which is which is kind of fun. But this this former leader who who ran this program for me, I happened to watch one of my managers walk by and, and totally unscripted, but my my question to her was, hey, what do you all still do? I haven't been in the organization in a year and a half. Organizations changed, they evolved. And uh, I have a new leader who's trying to embrace these and go through this change management curve on, on her own. And uh, it was great. And the, the response was, oh, we do everything. I said, would you still do that that daily, the daily briefing? And she's like, oh, my gosh, I, I don't know how we could execute if we don't do this. So you can see nice. the habit.
1: You see the legacy. Formed.
0: It's just, yeah, but it's just it's just one of those things that once it's it's really tough. People don't like it. They like to come into work, turn their computer on and just read their emails and, and go about their day.
1: But none of that drives anyone to their organizational goals. That, yeah, emails are just, reactive. And if your to-do list is your email, you're just sorting through Absolutely, what's hot, but it may not be the thing that's actually a priority. That, that 80-20 cool. rule of, hey, you're going to get 80% of your results from 20% of your, what you're doing. Are you doing that 20% today or are you just sitting there emailing? And you can flip that okay. if you focus people
0: very early in the day and say the first thing that's the most important thing that we do today is making sure everybody is attacking towards either something that's preventing us from getting a hitting our objectives or something that, hey, if we do this, this makes our objective easier. So that that habit you you, you can talk about financial. Uh, and organizational awareness and you could talk about transformation and you talk about all this other stuff Uh, but there's there's one thing that that if you up level it we've gotten into the weeds a bit but if you up level it just say building the habits of daily execution that are in support of the Mm -hmm. organization's objectives to me i don't know of another way that you can execute and hit your goals
1: What's a favorite memory or one time specifically that you applied this and it, and it just saved you. It just saved you in the process.
0: Yeah. So we did this, um, in a, in an insurance company I worked at and, um, there, there's lots of technology that you can apply to it. It really is about the task shedding, but through the course of these daily briefings um, at my last insurance company, we started identifying all the constraints that were preventing people from getting to a goal. And it wasn't it wasn't environmental; it literally was process and technology, uh, the people side of it. We'd work through, mm-hmm. and we would have these metrics that we would have to send to uh, about ID card delivery and how quickly mm-hmm. we were actually executing. So these came up through these daily briefings, right? Uh, and then leveraging really simple technology solutions, a low-code, no-code workflow without having to go into the robust IT management. It's it's almost a skunkworks kind of thing. We're saying, hey, how can I find stuff that exists and plug it mm-hmm. together to, to support it? We built in literally 30 days. Uh, we were fairly low on the ID card delivery Mm-hmm. What's a key metric that 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 um, the organizations would look at and compare themselves to other organizations, other plans across mm-hmm. the country? We went from mid-pack to the top of the pack in about sixty days, just wow. by focusing on this one just metric and anything that was a threat to that and saying stop. Mm-hmm. And, and for you- the for my tenure, we didn't have a, a an entire. We went, I think, eight quarters without having
1: an occurrence where we were outside of the guidelines. Man, that's so cool. Focus is key. Leaders got to have this on their radar. And then I think everyone intuitively knows it, but are you really getting your team to implement this, the focus principles? And the it requires a leader to step up and say, hey, we're going to do it this way. And to stand up and declare the intent. And make sure that's clear. A lot of leaders work during their day, and they're like, "You know, I haven't really communicated that to myself or everybody else." It all starts with that. Have you applied this system to your own personal life, your friends, and families? And if so, what kind of results have you gotten?
0: Well, I, I don't. I don't know if I. My wife may say she's been a good trainer, um, but. <laughs> Give it um, a little shout out. It does. It you know it it really does. It it um, I think that anytime you set yourself to a particular goal, um, and me personally, I've I've applied uh, in certain things in my my personal life that mm-hmm. that I've really needed to drive right. So at age forty nine, I decided to take up the sport of motocross, um, <laughs> which was silly, but I did. Wow. Um, and and as and in it watching it or doing it? Not uh, doing it. Oh yeah, um, and you know the 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 discipline that is required to actually be able to execute on a motocross track and ride a motorcycle competitively is pretty hard, right? You don't just get on it, turn the throttle, and ride. You really have to learn technique. You really have to focus uh, on fitness. You really have to focus on a on on a lot. So you have to, and, and you're working a full-time job. So you, you know, it's at 49, oh, yeah, you know, I don't have as much time as I did when I, okay. if I were 12. But yeah, it it helped me, and it it got me in shape. It got me to where I could be competitive, and 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 really, really enjoy the sport. And I don't know that I could do that without applying these same principles. Are you so you're racing now? Or are you just trying to complete the race? Well, I'm. A, I've I've kind of gotten gotten outgrown yeah. that. I think time and and distance of, of, have uh, have. Shifted. I still ride quite a bit. I don't know that I have time now to race,
1: but that was the original intent was to get out and.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we did. Oh yeah. So yeah, so this was right. my son and I. My son and I, I went to an outdoor motocross race, and and I could see his eyes get really big, and he's now gravitated towards mountain biking, which is probably better for the environment, but it was one of those challenges that you take as a, as a dad to a, to a 14 year old and say, yeah, we can do that. I'll do that with you. And then you question your your sanity after you've made that, <laughs> that determination, but we did. And, you know, we had, I think it was like four or five years of just absolutely fantastic, fantastic awesome. experience. Great That's friends.
1: Awesome. Awesome. I love that. It really goes to show how timeless the principle is of execution and working on something daily and committing yourself to it, and uh, yeah, what a what a positive note to start to wrap up on. You know, Brian, what's your parting thought for our listeners today?
0: You know, I would say you know we we've 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 invested a lot of time this after or this morning um, into a specific thing, right? A, into a technique, if you will. But the goal is, we're no matter where you're at in an organization as as a leader, you you've got to understand and be able to evaluate whether your teams can execute, whether they understand what they're executing towards. Um, and these, if 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 this principle will help folks, uh, regardless of where you're at in an organization, that starts to build the framework of leaders from your lowest level to the highest levels of the organization. So if this helps, great. I'd love it. Um, and I'd love to anyone who would want to talk more, I'd be absolutely willing to- Brian's your guy,
1: y'all, to yeah. talk. Leadership and execution. And I do have one more question. I just thought about sure. this. So, as a leaders leaders think about implementing this, do you typically record this in like a shared spreadsheet? an app or on email what's what's your preferred yeah, typically app? there's a what's daily best?
0: it's a daily dis- there's typically a daily discussion so you can use there's all kinds of vehicles you can use teams you can use OneNote. um okay. if you have a good kpi dashboard you can typically start at the dashboards but i would say the the exercise for any organization would be to say what is the minimum viable level of knowledge your leaders need to know every day to be able to say whether they can execute. And look, and it's not retroactive because the the point of this is to be able to course correct so that you can adjust facing forward, not looking behind. I think um, many organizations, I'm guilty of this too, um, have a tendency to live and die every week looking back and saying, what did we do last week? Hmm. And the goal of this is to be able to really quickly say, oh, that didn't work. Let's try this or let's pivot or let's court correct quickly. And, you know, your your KPIs, your dashboards, it is important to go back and look at lessons learned and what happened and what drove those. And we do that. But again, the goal of this is to, to say, hey, this isn't working. And how do I really quickly pivot to something that will, uh, so that you can actually take control going forward uh, and, and change it? Uh, but there's all kinds of tools, right? You can, you know, we tend to document our inventories day over day so that you can see trending. That helps you understand your forecasting and that sort of thing. Uh, but really, the goal is all about understanding that and making a mental pivot or a reaction to a threat that may present itself.
1: Thanks for coming on the show today, Brian. A great deep dive on execution and how to lead it. Hey, Ben, I really appreciate the time and
0: happy holidays to everyone
1: would you or your CEO be a good fit for this podcast? If you know a uniquely talented leader who has a story to share and a message to deliver, then we'd love to host them on the show. Go to binleads.com slash apply to fill out a quick form where you can let us know a little bit about yourself and my team will take a look to see if we're a good fit.